0: So the first day, I was actually afraid to leave the house because I I was scared that I wouldn't be able to find my way back because wow. I didn't know where I am. Yeah. I knew a girl who was already living there, so she was uh, really kind to, to find me, and she stayed the day with me. And after that, uh, we just went uh, to the city, and she showed me around, and I learned...
1: Hey folks, welcome to our show, Africa Nomad Podcast. This is a monthly show committed in helping you rethink and redefine your idea of traveling and having adventure in your life, expanding your view, desire, interest, and pushing yourself to go out of your comfort zone. It's your boy Abdul, your host for the show. Welcome on board and let's get ready to take off. Hey, dear nomad, how are you doing today? My name is Abdul. Anyway, so today we have a Nova us. She's from Serbia. Her name is Svetlana, but her nickname is Sessa. She's from a very small place, and she said it's sometimes hard for her to explain all the time, even Serbian, what's her place, etc. Growing up in a country that was hit by inflation and war... Having dreams was a luxury. Svetlana grew up with many childhood dreams, such as riding a horse, that she got the chance to fulfill one day. From that moment on, she knew all dreams could come true. Svetlana speaks English, German, and Serbian and lived in Budapest for almost four years, traveling the world and living abroad. Both her dreams as she would like to visit countries as many as she can. Her top four countries on her bucket list are Egypt, Peru, Cambodia, and Japan. And she loved ancient civilization and combination of nature and architecture when traveling. She's also passionate about life, experiencing new food, cultures, fitness, Zumba, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and she's interested in many different topics. Please welcome on our show today, Svetlana, nickname Sesa. Yeah. Hey, Sesa, how are you Hello. doing?
0: Hello. Hello. I'm good.
1: Great, great, great. So basically, you from Serbia. Yes. Serbia. Where is Serbia? In Europe. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. But more precisely, you you mentioned that your place is a small place, but what is it, that place, actually? Can you tell us more about it?
0: Well, yeah, uh, I come from a very small place. Uh, It's called Resovica. And it's in the east uh, part of Serbia. And basically, it's located uh, in a very, let's say, a valley, uh, Mm -hmm. surrounded by a few hills around it. There is one close mountain. And the village itself was built in the 60s when they discovered the coal mine. And a lot of people from all over Yugoslavia at that time were coming to work the mine. We had a lot of people coming from different countries uh, like Croatia, Montenegro, Bosnia... Uh, Romania literally from everywhere in the old yugoslavia because there was money there there was work so why yeah. not go <laughs> nature there is really beautiful we have very big uh, waterfalls there is also this uh, resava cave that mm. was discovered in the 60s you know it was a, a fun place to grow up because you have uh, different cultures different religion uh, all living and working together just having mm. fun so for a child that was really an amazing place we also had uh, movies uh, we had at uh, super uh, shopping malls. So it was like, let's say a big city, but everything was super close and um, easy to get to everywhere. Literally in 15 minutes, you can go from one end to another.
1: Wow, that's cool. Just a little bit like Budapest. I mean, Budapest center or something like that, the downtown, right?
0: Something like that. Yeah, I mean, I proud myself to say that I lived in the center of the city. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, so fun place to grow up, but then the war
0: yeah, so in the 1999, there was bombing of Serbia, which kind of caused a lot of pain and suffering to everyone. Why? why? Well, to be honest, I'm not really sure about the why. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that uh, they started bombing after Yugoslavia fell apart and mm-hmm. uh, the country started the war, I mean, Serbia and uh, Croatia. True. and. After that, it was kind of like the whole country got destabilized and neighbors were turning against neighbors. And there were a lot of gossips, let's say, at that time, Mm -hmm. which led to different countries getting involved and everybody having to say their own opinion. And it escalated to the point where NATO bombed Belgrade and Mm -hmm. the rest of Serbia. Where I grew up, next to us, there is, I think it's the second largest military base we have. Basically, one day... You can see smoke coming from the hills or in the night you can see the orange lights coming up uh, when they're bombing them. You can even smell the gunpowder in the air.
1: Wow, that's crazy. And how did you guys do during this time of war in in your place? You, your family, how did it go?
0: Well, it lasted for about 70 days. So in the beginning, everybody was super scared. And, you know, the sirens were going on several times in the day. So the whole building, they got together and they got the cellars uh, cleaned and prepared for us to literally live there. Mm -hmm. So the whole building, all the neighbors all came together and... Uh, I was 10 at that time. So for us children, it was fun because we were all together. We could uh, have fun. And the parents really tried to make it easy for us not to experience there is war Mm -hmm. or anything bombing happening. I mean, we were not really in danger because why would they bomb a little place? But because it was so close to the military base, you know, if the bombs uh, got released a few seconds earlier, the Mm. whole town would be leveled with the ground. So after maybe a month or so, My mother just decided that, uh, okay, we will not go to the cellar anymore because if they do hit the building, we lived on the top floor. Mm -hmm. She was saying then it's better that we die all together at once than to be in the cellar and the whole building collapses on us. And then I have to watch you drown. Wow. So we stayed at home and we just lived the life as it normally as can. And after... The 70 days were over, they stopped the bombing and that was it.
1: Wow. And how old were you and how were you like uh, mentally speaking?
0: um... Well, I was 10 at that time when it all started. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. for me, I didn't really have, let's say, traumas or something like that, or at least I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, there were older children who, for example, after that, whenever they hear planes, uh, they would get scared and hide under the you know for them it was maybe more real than Mm -hmm. for children for us it was i don't know you don't really know really. what is danger when you're ten. Yeah, yeah. You just hear the sirens. One day we were playing in the park. My mother just told me if you hear the sirens, just come home. And we did. We played basketball, and mm-hmm. the sirens went off, so we just went home. That's mm-hmm. that's it. I mean, we didn't really feel the danger. I I think with ten okay. years.
1: Oh, that's that's good that you didn't. You were not impacted directly at that age uh, during the war. Okay, well, the war also broke out in my country in Ivory Coast. I mean, it was a conflict mostly, and. And there was a battle in the the capital city, Abidjan, Mm -hmm. uh, for three weeks. Okay, I understand why you say that older children or adults were kind of more impacted because they're they're aware of what is happening and the threat that can happen on them if one of those bomb or bullets just come through. So yeah, the traumatism is just like bigger and uh, visible with the adults once. And it was a real thing, like for three weeks, Shooting everywhere, bombing everywhere. And um, and also when, you know, at certain point you need to go out to find food and uh, otherwise you start. Yeah, going.
0: that was the same problem back home. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in the 1999, mm-hmm. it was really hard uh, to live normally, let's say, because mm-hmm. not, not just the bombing, but uh, the inflation was also very bad.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember
0: my father said uh, he would come from work, uh, got his salary and uh, with the money that he got mm-hmm. on the market, he can only get one egg. And what? you know it's um, it's it's hard because you have two children at home to feed and pay the bills and whatnot. So having one egg from the market was not enough. But it was going crazy You know One day you can buy one egg The next day you can buy a house So it was It was going up and down It was It was it was hard
1: That's crazy mm-hmm. This
0: is what I meant uh, With uh, dreams are a luxury Because the only dream you have Is to have food And uh, mm-hmm. That you're safe
1: True True Yeah th- that's, that's mainly it Like you Just on your Human instinct To just live And sustain Survive Survive actually Yeah Survive yeah. Until all that stops And then You can just um, Release your your dreams and stuff and yeah so then the war stopped what happened then you started moving out from the country straight or
0: well, no. Uh, some people did move out from Serbia mm-hmm. because it was hard to live there. We didn't really have the option to do that, so we stayed. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of survive, uh, try to find a job, uh, pro- provide for the family. You live, you work, you go to school, you learn, and you try the best you can to have a better life, better future. I finished uh, the elementary school there and with 14, when you have to go to high school, we didn't have a high school in my place, so you have to go somewhere else. To be honest, there is. It was a good thing because there was a boarding school uh, in a city close to, to where I grew up, where it was financed by whoever works in the... Uh, we had one company back home. And if the parents work there, then you have a discount uh, to okay. live in the boarding school. That's good. This is where I went when I was 14. And by the end of high school, I was living there with five... Uh, four five of us in the room, so four roommates. There was a girl floor and a boy floor. And uh, that was the best period of my life, I think, because you kind of get away from the parents, you start to be independent already, but uh, you have adults who are there taking care of you, making sure that you go to school, that you learn, That but they're not your parents. They're kind of guides for life. Yeah. And you meet a lot of different people, different kids from everywhere in the country. It was a great experience, to be honest. Uh, after that, you kind of become stronger and you make uh, friends for
1: life. That's that's beautiful. And that's where you started earning your first freedom?
0: Yes. <laughs> I mean, you have to kind of uh, learn to, to be independent if you uh-huh. get, uh, I don't know, maybe at that time you get like a little lunch money because mm-hmm. you have uh, breakfast, uh, dinner and, and lunch already in included in the in the boarding school but then you still get a little pocket money for I don't know maybe getting chips or something like that so it was uh, it was an interesting experience because you have to you know what you want you have to save the money and organize how you're going to spend to get what you want
1: that's cool. And did you do the university in your country or did you move out for for that one?
0: I did. Uh, I finished uh, the university in Belgrade. Mm-hmm. This is where I also lived for the uh, previous 10 years before I mm-hmm. moved to Budapest. That was actually also intense experience because uh, <laughs> you go to Belgrade and I literally never been to Belgrade before. I mean, maybe once okay. uh, with the school trip and that was it. So When I arrived, uh, my parents found a place for me to stay and they said the district, for example, and I was like, okay, what does this mean? I have no idea where it is. So the first day I was actually afraid to leave the house because I I was scared that I wouldn't be able to find my way back because I didn't know where I am. Yeah. I knew a girl who was already living there so she was really kind to find me and she stayed the day with me and after that uh, we just went uh, to the city and she showed me around and I learned you know my area where I am how to get to the university and to be honest uh, the best way to learn a city is to get lost uh, <laughs> okay. if, if you have a map uh, okay fine but still I mean I got lost three times I think in the first year and it was every single time it was an amazing experience one time I missed the, the bus stop to exit and I ended up uh, in the middle of nowhere uh, uh, around midnight and the driver was like are you lost <laughs> with girl and I was like yes how can I get back to where I live he was like oh you are so far away from there and I was like oh my god what am I going to do I didn't have any money with me uh, it was I was super scared but uh, I was lucky because the guy is actually from the city where I lived uh, in wow, boarding school cool. and he knew some people from my hometown okay. so he was the one driving me to a, po- a certain place where i can get a night bus and then i can go back to my house and when i entered the bus it was super weird because you know it's after midnight and the people there were either drunk or, <laughs> or uh, something else. Party. <laughs> and i was like 19 years old yeah. so i was really scared uh-huh. uh, but also there were great people who were like uh, where are you going? Is everything okay? So I explained that I got lost. And everybody was super cool. They said, okay, this is the stop where you have to go out, and from there you go here, then turn right, blah blah blah. So everybody was really nice. And my experience living alone, uh, in a different city was not so bad. So I, I saw that okay, I can I can do it. It's not nothing scary to happen because there are great people around who can help. Yeah,
1: sure, and um, it's it's a beautiful experience. Mostly, also for example, like in Budapest, um, getting lost. I don't think you can get lost that bad, bad. But. I don't think it's possible
0: now because you have Google Maps. So if you get lost, it would be embarrassing.
1: <laughs> well, well, if your phone is not working, then then. Okay, yes, but uh,
0: I mean, you know, who goes anywhere without a charged phone or internet? Uh, Nobody. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> it can happen, you know, but yeah. But then you had all these starting points of building yourself, being independent, knowing the world, getting to know things and discovering things and... Still, there were some stuff that you, you had undo that you wanted to do. Those dreams, those, let's say achievement that you wanted to achieve or whatever. So did you start in Serbia or did you start moving out and going somewhere else to do this kind of things?
0: Well, when I was growing up, uh, my father was telling me how he grew up and uh, he grew up in this village in the south part of Serbia. It was four brothers and they had a house. They were having like, uh, you know, a little stock, uh, horses as well. And my father was telling me when he was, you know, riding a horse and I was thinking, wow, you were riding a horse because... I only saw horses on TV, never in real life. (laughs) Me too. And I was always thinking that, wow, I would love to be able to ride a horse. But that that was, you know, nowadays that is a luxury to see or own a horse or even ride. So I was thinking that will never happen uh, based on how we growing up. You know, the main point was to get food and see how to collect the money to be able to study. So... That was like a very big luxury to have. And Mm. I never made any dreams for myself. I was like, okay, I will just finish school, go to university, get a degree, start to work. Uh, That was it. So that was like that. That is the life. There is nothing else to it. Mm. So I never made any, let's say, dreams. I always wanted to uh, travel or, you know, but I always thought that is impossible because... I don't have the money or, you know, it will never happen. Until one day when we were celebrating, you know, 1st of May, the friends, we all went to to the mountain. In the middle of nowhere, literally, there was nothing for kilometers, uh, no civilization, nothing, just the forest. And we were having grilling and drinking and having fun. And then... Around, I don't know, 6, 7 a.m., there was two guys coming from the forest with two horses.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And I was like, what is this? So <laughs> what are you doing here in the middle of nowhere? And they were like, we can ask you the same thing. What are you doing here? <laughs> so we, t- we said, well, we are celebrating 1st of May, just having fun. And they said, okay, can we join you? We were like, sure. So they were actually using the horses to get uh, to collect woods. Uh, You know, from the forest to to carry. So some people had it, but I never saw those people because we don't have uh, really, you know, maybe few families would have chickens uh, if they have a house. But we grew up in buildings, so it was not really possible to have animals. And when I saw the horses, I was like, oh my God. I am so close to achieve my dream <laughs> that I, I was scared. And uh, we were asking the guys, would it be possible maybe to ride them? Because there was no saddle. It was mm-hmm. just bare horse. Yeah. And they said, well, if you give us rakia, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a good exchange.
0: So so we said, sure, we have rakia. And uh, they put a blanket on the horse and uh, I climbed on it. And literally, the guy was just using the rope to pull the horse. Okay. Nothing, nothing else. hmm and i had to hold on on the horse on the on the hair i don't know how it's called in english but mm-hmm. just the hair of the horse and the feeling of happiness that i had then it was really mm-hmm. i can i cannot describe it with words uh, it was it was wow
1: mm-hmm. at
0: that point the horse kind of started to go a little bit faster and i got
1: scared <laughs> because i didn't
0: know what to do there was i was just on the horse with a blanket there was mm-hmm. nothing else so i was like oh, Stop, stop, stop. And uh, after that, somehow I knew that If this can happen, then anything can happen. Mm. Yeah, I just wanted to say that actually last year I went horse riding. I learned how to do trotting and uh, standing trotting, and literally just how to command a horse, let's say. So I spent like almost a year doing that. I stopped when I broke my toe last year.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry.
0: Um, Yeah, it's okay. It was a stupid uh, accident anyway. But Mm. to be honest, I fulfilled that dream as well. So anything can happen. I mean,
1: literally anything can, can come true. Yeah, I, I, like, I like what you say, like anything can happen. And uh, for example, I know that my one of my goals or dreams was to go out of my country, visit countries and stuff. And uh, I got the chance to, to do it so far, um, like uh, neighboring countries um, to Ivory Coast, like Ghana, Penin, Togo, Nigeria. And also I had the chance to make the big, big step, <laughs> take the plane and then fly to Asia. Mostly India, (laughs) where I spent almost a year and a half, and it was just amazing. Yeah, so I really relate to that fact that if you really want it, it can happen.
0: Yeah, I I don't think there are impossible dreams, really, because if you if you have a dream about something, then you will make it happen. I mean, I did not do anything to make my dream happen. It kind of it was destiny. Like came to
1: you just from the forest. (laughs) But after
0: that, I knew that okay there is no impossible dream i can do whatever i want it will happen and i started making dreams for myself and i so far managed to fulfill most of them or at least all of them so i am now just thinking of creating new dreams for myself because when you fulfill one dream then you go to the next one and the next one and so on so traveling was also one of the dreams and i really never thought i could be able to do it But I actually can say that I traveled uh, a lot in Europe already. I went to the U.S. uh, three times so far. Wow. My plan is to go to almost every country i can if Mm -hmm. possible until i die and to every continent Mm -hmm. except maybe australia why (laughs) i have have to say that i think if I extreme no it's just because in australia even the air can kill you so it's not really the favorite country to go i mean they have like super big spiders and (laughs) uh, snakes and and i don't know
1: yeah, you know, because, um, Australia is on the continent Oceania, uh, which is kind of isolated from all the world. And um, so most of the animals, the insects, um, kind of were like isolated too, and could grow like a very strange ways.
0: Yeah, they don't have natural predators uh, yeah. against them, so it's 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 easy for them. I mean, there is also an island called Island of Death, uh-huh. where it's full. Uh, no, sorry, it's called Island of Snakes. All of the snakes there are poisonous, and they grew <laughs> okay. so much that there is uh, uh, one snake to every square. So it, I think it's close to Brazil. Uh, mm-hmm. To be honest, I'm not sure now. But uh, the thing is that the government forbade uh, visiting that place because it's 99 uh, is covered with snakes and uh, other poisonous animals. So literally, you you will die. There is no <laughs> chance you don't die if you go there. So it's forbidden to go or visit or anything there is also one species of snakes if it bites you mm. the flesh will melt what <laughs> yes the, the venom is so strong that where it bites you the flesh will melt uh, on the spot wow. so i don't know why would anyone want to go visit but still there is a lot maybe, that you maybe cannot go. Snake,
1: snake lovers <laughs>
0: I don't know. I mean, I have nothing against snakes. Uh, I'm not really scared of snakes, to be honest. But still, I wouldn't go there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But then, then uh, I, I I was talking about those. You you mentioned four top places where you you want to go or you went to Egypt and
0: I didn't go yet. You know, when I was growing up, uh, there was we had Discovery Channel and National Geographic, uh, and I watched it all all day. So they were always talking about ancient civilizations, uh nature. So I fell in love with the Egyptian uh, culture. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to go to Egypt, see the pyramids and just uh, experience uh, life. When I was uh, at the university, I finished uh, for librarianship and informatic science. Mm -hmm. So we learned about uh, ancient, you know, how books were made, how they were created, how uh, libraries became uh, the, the most famous one in Alexandria, for example. So all of that was so interesting that I still want to go. and. When I was a student I was working for a summer with a little small company who was uh, helping people with the insurance on the road and I managed to gather enough money to Mm -hmm. pay to go to Egypt but at that time there was war in Egypt so it was really dangerous uh, to go and I was scared to go alone I regret it now because I went alone to travel because you cannot really always wait for someone to be free or have the money or want to go to the country where you want to go so I regret not going and after that there was no trips by the way because uh, of the war so they cancelled and for years it was not possible to go Mm -hmm. but now it's again ongoing. So the plan is to collect uh, money again and go to cruising on the Nile because that is the, best what you can do because you can go through the Nile and then you visit all of the temples you visit all of the old places from it's called Valley of the Kings Mm -hmm. so something like that which is you know interesting to see uh, and experience because this is like 4000 year old civilization or more and still preserved to this day so this is something that is way more interesting than going and seeing some building (laughs) 20 or I don't know 50 years ago Mm -hmm. at least for me
1: well that's cool that's cool And and how long does it take cruising on the Nile?
0: Actually, it depends. Uh, You have uh, cruises for five days. You have for seven, 10, 12, 15. It really depends on what you want to see, how long you have holiday uh, money. So it really depends uh, what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Is because they offer uh, different uh, options uh, depending on the days.
1: Sure, oh that's cool. And I know it's a bit advanced in the talk, but what was your first trip though outside your country?
0: Well, I was traveling to Germany to visit my grandmother when I was small. So mm-hmm. we went also by plane. I don't remember. I was so small. I think I was six or something.
1: So, so and, you went accompanied, right? Sorry. So you went with your parents?
0: Uh, Just with my mother at that time. So my mother, my sister and me, we went playing. I don't remember, to be honest, because I was really Mm -hmm. small. But I do remember there was a famous singer from Serbia uh, traveling with her band. Mm-hmm. and uh, my mother said that we went to them, and I was sitting in her lap.
1: <laughs> wow, okay.
0: Yeah, so I have like uh, connections with various people from young age, but that was something that uh, I don't really remember, and after that, when mm-hmm. I was actually grown up, let's say, I think mm-hmm. it's safe to say that my first trip was going to Krakow in Poland. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with one of my friends from the university and one friend from work, so it was kind of like a first trip. We didn't really know how it would go, how it would look like if we are going to get along, to be honest. But actually, it went really well that after that, my friend and I, we are traveling together for years now. And uh, I think it's always a good good thing to have a travel buddy. Mm -hmm. So we are making plans constantly where to go, who is going to be the guide, let's say. Mm -hmm. So we always agree, okay... Uh, for example, when we went to Istanbul, I was the guide, so I researched everything what we want to see based on our interests, uh, time, and money. And we found in our own time, like the hotel, uh, the bus, or the plane. Okay, that time it was not not a plane, but we mm-hmm. had to go with the bus, which I wouldn't recommend to anyone. Uh, <laughs> Why? It, well, it was a twenty-six hour long trip, mm-hmm. and. Oh, yeah. uh, never again (laughs) also when you actually enter istanbul you still have to travel at least three hours because the highway is crazy it's Mm. super crowded they have six lanes for one direction Mm. and it was super slow like you have traffic at one point the bus driver just opened the door and said whoever wants to go out to (laughs) to stretch your legs so with the bus i wouldn't really recommend anyone but Mm. um Still, this is how we make uh, our trips. We prepare, we make a plan. When we went to Portugal, she was the guide and uh, we went to Porto. From there, we went to Faro. From there, we went to Lisbon. All in seven days. It was just amazing. Yeah, I just want to say really like uh, the best part of traveling is if you have a travel buddy, that this is the best experience because then you have memories for life.
1: Yeah, but having a travel buddy who understands you or who kind of have the same interests or...
0: Yeah, this is also very important. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean in, during the years, uh, she was also traveling, for example, with other friends or mm-hmm. a boyfriend or something like that. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it always kind of comes to, okay, you and I, we are the best pair because, you know, when you go with someone else, you kind of, you don't always get along mm-hmm. or maybe someone wants to, for example someone wants to sit more or, yeah. and enjoy the view, but someone else wants to walk more and, yeah. may, may, make, <laughs> uh, and explore. So for example, when I went with my father to Italy, it was annoying because he always wanted to just sit and complain that, oh, my legs are hurting, <laughs> I'm tired, I'm old, I just want to sit here. And I wanted to explore. We went to Venice and I was like, okay, Ooh. in a few years, this uh, <laughs> this city will disappear. So let's see what is here what we can see, but but my father was not really interested in that. He just wanted to sit and have a beer, somewhere, and with <laughs> the view. So I was like, okay, I'm never traveling with you again. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, it's really important to have a good uh, companion that you know you share the same interests. I actually loved going with her, for example, to Prague. Mm-hmm. because we both studied the same so we were interested and when we went to the library because we are librarians uh, sure. by degree <laughs> yeah. we said this as well to the, to the guide in the library and she actually allowed us to go further from the you know when you go to the clementine you can actually just see it from the outside you cannot really oh. go in mm-hmm. but because we were colleagues and she understood and it was kind of fun to be allowed to actually enter where, for example, Leonardo da Vinci was uh, reading.
1: Wow, so you had some privilege. Oh, <laughs> well,
0: yeah, yeah. I have to say that,
1: yes. Yeah, you're lucky. Yeah, but I, I want to relate a little bit about the bus ride. Why? Yeah, <laughs> why? Because I also had this experience way back when I was kind of younger, let's say in the years 94. 1999, I remember I was um, traveling with my mother from Abidjan, the capital city of um, Ivory Coast, to Bamako, the capital city of Mali, their neighboring countries. And at that time, the, they were part of the roads which were not well built. So sometimes we will just drive on the on the path full of dust and stuff and sometimes we'll have a flat tire and uh, so many so many things that could happen on the road we will stop we will be in the darkness in the complete darkness in the night um, waiting for a repairman coming um, from maybe 400 kilometers away wow. <laughs> and fix those whatever issues we have on the bus before continuing the trip so at the end of the day we will end up with 24 hours long trip so when wow. you said twenty six hours, I'm like, mm-hmm, I know what you're talking about. At the end of the day, you're not even eager to sit no more. You just want to stand up, or maybe li- lie down, or whatever. But no, no more sitting. Yeah, I
0: mean exactly. If you travel so long, you kind of forget where you're even going. <laughs> what's going on?
1: <laughs> yeah, true, true. So yeah, these 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 kind of obstacles um, are part of the let's say the little spice in the journey. Yeah, because if the journey is too sweet, it's not that good you know
0: Uh, it's always about the journey it's never about the destination Uh, I mean even even for life you don't really at the end of your life you don't really think about uh, the end you think about uh, what uh, what you had before that so it's always about the journey
1: sure sure so yeah (laughs) I didn't even see it Coming, that we are already almost close to the end, but I would like to give you an opportunity right now. Let's say for you to talk to our nomads, <laughs> tell them uh, your best motivational speech <laughs> about traveling, about life, your experience, how you can motivate them to, to start their own journey, and whatever the obstacles and what do we, uh, maybe what they're going to face, how do we have to behave, whatever. So the floor is yours
0: okay now I'm getting nervous
1: (laughs) (laughs) no no (laughs) I'm sorry I made it so official here you go (laughs)
0: well motivational speech it's a good one I would suggest the best thing to do is really do it don't don't Wait for anything or anyone to tell you that it's going to be good or it's going to work. Just do it. Uh, if you want to go, to, I don't know, Ivory Coast, just make the plan, organize yourself, how to find the means to get there, where you're going to sleep and just go. Make sure to bring your passport and money. Nothing else is important. Uh, try to find a good travel buddy because that is really important. Someone who, if you are tired, who is going to check the map. If um, you have no idea where to go next, what to see, someone else will have an idea and just uh, make pictures of you as well. And also to, you know, share the memories after because... I went on a solo trip uh, to Greece, and even though it was an amazing experience, it was still not as if I would go with uh, my friend. So I would really suggest to find a good travel buddy and just do it. Don't don't wait. Don't wait for anything.
1: Just do it. Just Nike said it.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know it's uh, uh, stealing the brand and uh, the advertisement, but uh, for sure, it's it's really. If you wait uh, it will never happen so sure. don't wait don't sure. wait just sure. do it.
1: You're you're right you're right you're right and and what, trust that what, you
0: will trust that you will you will make it happen and everything will be fine because if you're scared then fear is the worst enemy of everyone.
1: Yeah you're right you goddamn right and um what is your next trip
0: uh, exactly now we're uh, in the <laughs> in the discussion where to go so uh-huh. my friend actually went to moldova already oh, nice. and uh, she's coming back uh, next week so yeah. i'm very curious to hear the details how it went Mm -hmm. uh but after that the plan is to make the plan where to go (laughs) at the moment uh we are talking either to go to cuba or maybe mexico Mm -hmm. so we will see uh, this year trip uh, which which one will it be it -hmm. really depends on uh, how we organize the time and uh, but it will be one of those countries for sure and the next year plan would be really to for for sure go to Egypt this time because yeah. uh, the best time to go is in winter i mean mm-hmm. when it's winter in europe so yeah. january february which is also my birthday so i'm actually going to plan to celebrate my birthday in egypt instead of uh, you know, just a small party or something like that.
1: And when is your birthday? Twenty uh,
0: seventh of January.
1: Anyway, so thank you so much, Cesa, for this beautiful conversation. I hope thank you really liked me. it, and uh, I did. And I hope uh, our nomads are going to love your conversation, your tips, experience that you shared with them. And uh, yeah, that's it. Hey, my dear nomad, hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Please visit our website for more stories and experiences and adventures. And also please leave a comment or a review that could be grateful We love you, take care of yourself, and see you on the next episode of African Nomad Podcast.